Good evening, good evening, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Welcome to Atlanta Falcons Nation. How y'all doing? We definitely have a special guest in the house. In case some people didn't catch him the first time he was here, we have Mr. Terrence Mathis. How you doing today, Terrence? I'm doing great. Second time back. This is my second time here. That's I'm right. Go let's, let's go. Let's go fast and furious. Let's go. Yes, let's go. Then we got Matt Mike coming in here. Hopefully he is set up to go. What's up, Mike? We live. <laughs> I, I'm here, man. I'm here. All right. Perfect. Man, Perfect. That, his, that, that, that Satan just, just, just don't want me to be good today, but I rebuke you. <laughs> I rebuke you, Satan. <laughs> but you here now. Hey, I like Asia. I like um, today is a Q&A, people, so we need all the questions you got today. Drop them in the chat right now, but we just definitely going to start it off. Yes, T-Mac is back, people. He is back. What's up, yeah, Reggie? Yeah, yeah. How you doing? So let's go ahead and get into the first portion of our topic, and that is um, Washington really wants a quarterback. And as we've been seeing, the Falcons have been getting several calls from several teams getting that hot ticket we got right about now at that fourth spot. So uh, just kind of get into that a little bit, you know. What you think? You think, you know, the Falcons going to go with the best offer, wait to the draft? What are your, you know, what are your opinions I, I, about that? I think, I think they're going to wait to the best offer. I don't, I really don't think they want to give up that pick. Um, because it's a pick that can help them right away. Um, there's some players out there that in the immediate can come and help them um, right away. But if the offer is right, if there's a one, if there's a first round, second round, and a third rounder involved in that fourth pick, you're going to have to listen. <laughs> you're going to have to listen. Because at the end of the day, as you said, not only does the Washington football team is looking for a quarterback, maybe the Denver Broncos and New England Patriots. So you got some teams out there, even, you know, even the Chicago Bears. I don't think they're, they're too set on who their quarterback is going to be in the future. So you you have some options out there. And, then I, you know, it's just last week or week and a half ago, it came out that the Falcons are finally starting to listen to offers. I think they've been listening to offers all along. And I think oh, yeah. it's just one of those things that it leaked out. This yeah. new... This new regime has been very good of keeping a tight knit lip on everything that they're doing, and I and I, that's kudos to them. Oh, absolutely! Someone said, "If it's not Pitts, we don't want it." What? It, what is that comment? Yeah. <laughs> not everybody Pitts. wanted Pitts yeah. or Picks. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Pitts yeah. or Picks at four. Mm, right. <laughs> so yeah, some we got people. Think, you know what? This is the thing: is is you got to look towards the future. You know, in that number four pick, if you pick uh, a Pitts, if you pick uh, a quarterback, if you pick an edge rusher, that that money is going to be – you think you're in the salary cap problems right no. now, you're going to be in a salary cap situation I in the next three years. I knew you was going there. I knew you was going there. I knew you was going there If you look at this roster in the next three years, your superstars may be gone. So yes. you, better, you better open that cupboard and start restacking. So how do you mm -hmm. do that? You get out of the first round and you get some another number two, maybe two or three number threes and two number fours. 
So now you, you may pick up 12 picks from getting out of the first round, where now instead of having nine picks, you have maybe 21 picks in the draft, and now you're ready to build for the next three to five years. I think that's the best option. I honestly believe that as well. That's what we've been pitching for the, you know, but like you said, it's been smoking mirrors lately. So we really don't know what this team is going to be doing, you know, and let's kind of get into a little bit of that controversy that's been going around just a little bit about that pick as well, mm-hmm. where Smith and um, Terry are allegedly at odds right about now about that. Right. Right. One wants a quarterback, one doesn't. Right. So. Well, that's that's the thing. You're going to have that. You know, at the end of the day, the head coach has to coach him, you know. Um, and so I, I think in an organization, you got to come to some kind of compromise. And and maybe this year you get you give the head coach what he wants. The next year that GM gets what he wants. But, you know, at the end of the day, let's let's talk about that fourth pick in a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you pick a quarterback in number four and say, let's sit him for two years. That's dead money that's not planned for you for two years. Why would you do that? Now, there, I guarantee you in the next two, three years, there's going to be a quarterback sitting there, maybe mm-hmm. three, four, or five of them sitting Bro, there that we can go get. The guy at the University of Georgia, the guy at the University of Georgia, when they looking at him, like he's going to be the next big thing. There's a guy like Brock at Georgia. There's so many guys. DJ. DJU at Clemson. Yes, yes. Now, understand this. You know, on, on my show last week, Bob Whitfield was on there, former offensive lineman with the Atlanta Falcons. We talked. Oh, about I, I fourth, heard about that. We talked about the fourth pick, and I said, I, I said, Bob, don't say offensive lineman. He said, he said, he knew, I knew he was And then when he, when he explained to me why offensive lineman. It made sense for me. Mm-hmm. It said if you if you draft the offensive lineman and you're gonna keep Matt Ryan, you need some help to protect him. Right. Now, in two years, three years from now, if Matt Ryan is gone and you bring in another quarterback, you have already solidified your offensive line for the next three years. Where now, when he comes in, he's surrounded by a great nucleus and he can be successful. So I said, okay, that makes sense. So now I'm I'm back to. Oh, who do we pick? You don't know. Yes, we I don't know. We have this thing here, and Kevin, Kevin, he's he's still right now. But we say this all the time. We don't, don't dang know. know. No. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. You, you, you got to build for the future because these guys have been together for a long time, mm-hmm. and. Some of these contracts are going to be up in the next couple of years, and some of these guys are going to retire in the next few years. So you better start replacing them now and not go, not swing for the fences. Not not this year. Don't swing for the fences right. this year. We yeah. got chances to get on base, get on base, stack it, stack it, and then bases loaded. Let's let's hit a grand slam in two or three years from now. Oh, absolutely. Because you know, people don't realize for one thing that we just have have a whole new coaching staff. So it's going to take even us a couple of years to even get into I'm the offense and the defense, etc. So it's going to take us a couple of years to even get that built. So let's not, you know, buy the farm and, you know, spend too much money on just one player. Definitely. Go ahead, Mike. And the question that I have for you, and I'm glad you brought that up, Maggie, is because this is something that I want to get from a player standpoint. 
we're talking about a, a new regime, a new coaching staff. We're talking about not only Arthur Smith, but we're talking about Dean Pease. Mm -hmm. From a player standpoint, when you have a new staff coming in, uh, even in like your situation where you was coming from New York and you, you know, you, you brought in, you, you, you was brought in as a free agent and um, it was a new team. How long does it take or does it matter as far as like the players and how a player uh, kind of, you know, pick up the offense? How long does it typically take for a player to pick up an offense or install an offense? Well, uh, if you're a veteran guy, it doesn't take you long at all because mostly every it's it's everything is pretty much the same. It's just the terminology that changes a little bit. And then if you if you can if you can retain what you've learned through your years of football, all the way from high school to college to the NFL, you're going to find some similarities and you just got to get the verbiage right. And uh, uh, for the for a young guy, it, it's kind of difficult because there is a lot of verbiage and, and there's a lot of things that you got to make sure you're listening to. It's, it's not like you break the huddle and say uh, tens, twins right 94 on one. Mm -mm. It could be twins right jet something 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 and then for you it could be the last word <laughs> so if you leave the huddle right. too soon you leave the huddle too soon because she, he may call <laughs> in the huddle and you got to listen to it and know it so it for a young guy it, it's gonna it takes him a minute for mm -hmm. a quarterback it it depends on you know it takes some time, but what happens is if you if you are a franchise type quarterback, what would happen is the offensive coordinator will build that offense around you where you can understand it and, and make it easier for you. So, uh, you know, back to, you know, the Arthur Smith thing and wanting a quarterback. You know, I can kind of understand that. Let me let me tell you why. Because when you come into a new organization as a new coach, you want to build on your terms, and you want to have a guy next to you that said, "That's my guy," and I can tutor tutor him and mentor him the way I want him to be. Because you know, in my mindset, I'm thinking when they when they made that hire, how are you going to tell your former MVP? One of the best quarterbacks in the league, who's been in the league longer than you have who's pretty much older than you that I want you to do it this way because I know it works. Huh? <laughs> so there's going to have to be a lot of trust between Arthur and Matt Ryan. So right away, they got to go play golf, have dinner, have the kids over, all this stuff. They're going to have to do something to, to understand each other and to, to be able to, to work together. Well, I could definitely feel that Matt, is a team player because I definitely hear when he's you know the off season when it started to get to uh player practice and things like that. Mm -hmm. Matt be the first one in the door yeah. from what I hear. He's the mm -hmm. first one in the door. He hold these meetings, you know. Yeah. So he definitely know his you know he's he's getting older, so yeah. he has to perform because well, well, right he, now it's you know it's just it's a gamble with Matt right about now. Well, definitely. here's the guy. Understand this. Understand the pressure he was in when he got drafted. He's taken right. over for a legend, Michael Vick. Mm -hmm. And he did something Vick didn't do. He took us took it to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so at, and he became, you know, he was MVP of the league. So you got to understand this. So the pressure he was on under when he got drafted and he performed, now he's under another pressure of of performing to keep his job or whatsoever. And I, and and he worked, he worked his tail off to be as good as he is now. 
He could have just been average, and because we know he's not average, because right. you know, over the last, I think it's something about over the last five, ten years or something, he's the only quarterback that's, that's, that's thrown over what was it, four or five thousand, four thousand yards in, in, in the last ten years. Yeah, last ten years, he was the only one that's done it ten years in a row. So, come on, guys, it ain't the quarterback problem, man. Come on. <laughs> It's not the quarterback. Think about this. This dude in the head, three, four different coordinators over the last six years. That's how hard, how difficult is that? That is how so difficult, difficult is that? That's so difficult because, you know, at the end of the day, you, you're going back to saying, well, I don't care if you, uh, Joe Montana, if you going right. back and say, well, I was successful doing this. Now you're taking that away from me. And now I got to do something else. So if you keep doing that to a guy, he's gonna start slow for you. And then when you when you have your weapons uh, from running backs to tight ends to receivers that stay hurt, how you, what do you want him to do? And then he's right. playing with, he's playing with guys who are journeymen or guys that are uh, that that's that's third, fourth, fifth on the depth chart. So and they play well for him, and he still does well. So come on. We just need Julio to stay well and stay well the whole season and Ridley be fine and Gage will be fine and Hurst will be fine and Davis, the running back, will be fine. And then we'll go get a running back in the second round and we'll be fine. Right. And if we go if if we go get Pitts, I'm fine with that too. You know, mm-hmm. today I'm fine with that. Bob Whitford, actually, he said something else that I thought was interesting and um and it got me thinking. And I, a lot of people know where I stand where, uh, as far as the quarterback is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you know where I'm going. He pretty much said, if the Falcons were to draft Fields, it would pretty much be for ticket sales. Do you <laughs> think Arthur Blank, like any, is this the way an owner <laughs> thinks? We're talking about ticket sales, dude. Because we know Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is a guy. He loves money. He mm-hmm. loves his money. Okay? Billionaires love mm-hmm. money. Do you mm-hmm. think this is a real possibility? All right, and it really got me thinking. Like I said, I know owners love money, and they don't like to lose money. And coronavirus has been yeah. um, not yeah. good for a lot of billionaires. Oh yeah. Do well, you think? This is a real possibility. Why you? <laughs> it's, let me tell you, it's a real possibility because of everything you just said. Um, he's a businessman. You got to understand, he's a businessman that owns a football team. He's not a he's not a football guy who owns a football team. He's a businessman. I mean, mm-hmm. If he wasn't a businessman, he wouldn't be able to own this football team. So at the end of the day, he needs to look. He wants to win, no, no doubt about it. But he wants to win and count his money too, right? <laughs> right. So, um, so then, if, if if he ain't winning, he's going. How? Look, I'm not counting my money as often as I like. Right. So, <laughs> you know what? If if you want to draft a quarterback, if you want to draft Justin Fields, go do it. It's your team. We're going to support you either way. Whatever you want to do, you want to make a big splash, you want to have billboards of Justin Fields and a parade for him, let's let's go do it if that's what you want to do. But then you got to think about the possibilities where this team may be in three or four years. 
Right. I have a question from one of the fans that's trying to challenge. And he basically said he watched your show last week and you were basically saying you'll go with a, a quarterback 80%. Uh, which mm -hmm. one is it for you? And, you know, week to week, we make decisions on, you know, you don't know where you want to go with it half the time. Sometimes yeah. it's a good idea, sometimes yeah. it's not. So, yeah. well, you know, at, now. At, at the end of the day, you know, I, I said, you know, you can go with a quarterback, you can't lose. If if I go quarterback, you know, it it would have to be a guy that that I know that you, for a possibility you're gonna sit down for two years. Now mm -hmm. you draft the Justin Fields, you're gonna want him to play right away. You draft the Trey Lance, who haven't played a lot of football, you're gonna say, let's give him a because we don't know nothing about him. Let's give him a little bit of time. Let's sit behind Matt Ryan. If we Mac Jones, let's let him sit, you know. Uh you know, task, let him sit. But if you if you go get if you go get Justin Fields or that kid out of BYU, which he ain't gonna be there, so don't even think we don't even know if Justin Fields is gonna be there. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Right, right. Gonna, let me tell you, you you may get Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and and Zach from from BYU, and now you going. Who do you want now? You want Trey? Okay. Guess what? Trey gonna have to sit for two years, and guess what? That's dead money sitting on the bench for two years. What you want to do? And I don't. And I, I don't have a problem with that because at the end of the day, whatever the Falcons do with that fourth pick, they can't go wrong, right. and it's gonna help the organization either way. Now, at the at the end of the day, whatever they do, as Falcons fans. You got to ride with it. That's you right. You got to ride with it. You can't just because of one pick, because of the fourth pick, it didn't go your way. You can't just abandon the ship because this mm -hmm. is still our dirty bird Atlanta Falcons team that has mm -hmm. the potential to win a division and go on and play for the conference championship. So mm -hmm. this one pick ain't going to make or break this team. You know, yeah, it'll mm -hmm. help, but you got to our seasoned veterans and you know losing Mac hurts you know at center but at the end of the day these this group has been together for a long time and and maybe with Arthur Smith and and Fontenot this is the injection they need to get going again this b2 b12 shot they need mm -hmm. and I think that um what was it I think it was they definitely want to go with the best player available. And what the other comment was is like it wouldn't make sense to get the fourth quarterback that's available. It's that's not the best player available. At that's the not the best player available at the time. Mm -hmm. if, if, you, mm -hmm. if you if you if you going by that logic, the fourth quarterback on the board is not the best player available. Now there's been rumblings about you know they went out to see the quarterback at BYU and Arthur Smith fell in love with that big six six three hundred pound. Offensive lineman <laughs> out there that ran, <laughs> ran a four eight forty broad jump ten and, and and did some wonderful things and he fell in love with him. So there's there's a kid at Northwestern that's that's pretty good. Then you look at Soul, oh, yes. which uh, Soul, he didn't he he didn't play last year. So <laughs> you know, come on. So you know, at the end of the day, the Arthur Smith and Fontenot. Terry Fontenot going to do what's best for this organization. And we, whatever they choose, we got to ride with them. Absolutely. 
Let me see what we got in some questions. You got a question, I got a question. Matt? I got, I got a question. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about as a receiver. I don't care about what you, how you are doing right now as a retired receiver, a, mm -hmm. a former NFL player. I don't, I don't want to hear any of that. I'm talking about Terrence Mathis in his heyday. All right, mm -hmm. Terrence Mathis in his day. <laughs> you are Julio Jones, okay? You are Julio Jones right now. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a Matt Ryan or a guy like a Justin Fields or, you know, the best quarterback in, in the draft right now, you know, um, Trevor Lawrence. Who do you want to play for? Uh, just dip, We're talking about your style. As far as your style as a receiver, which quarterback do you think it's it's best for not only you but the team that, that's in the draft right now yes or, or just on or on the falcons roster that's in the draft right now just right one now. guy that you yeah um, one guy that you say that's just not like for me as a guy that you say yeah for me as a receiver um you you, you guys don't laugh but as a receiver i'm looking at trevor lawrence mac jones and task or or trask or in in florida sorry let me, let me let me tell you why is mm -hmm. because we as receivers want the quarterback to hit the third fifth seventh step and let that ball go because mm -hmm. we want catches and mm -hmm. and we have we as receivers have trouble with quarterbacks that scramble a lot move up in the pocket because we don't know where they are and what we have to do is we move around a lot um and try to get open and if you think about it, we're running maybe 70, 80, 90 yards worth of worth of play on a scramble drill. And if we're doing this constantly, yeah, the whole thing is gonna wear us out. It's gonna wear us out. And and then it's gonna limit it's gonna limit. And on a selfish note, as you put it, because that was one of, a question of being selfish. I won't catch us. Yeah. Because I feel like the more catches I have, the more opportunities I get to move the chains and score touchdowns. Oh, yeah. But if I'm not touching the ball, I'm not moving the chains. You're and not, not getting your stats or none of that. We're not doing that. So at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, football is a team sport, but there's individuals within that team that has to make that team job. successful. So everybody yeah. has a role. So my, my role is to get open, catch balls, and score touchdowns. And if I'm not doing that, Guess what? Guess what? Front office is saying, "I'm not doing my role." And you're not doing what? your role. Guess what? You're gonna be subject for trading. Yep. You just took me down a rabbit hole because I got so many questions. Is yeah. This, is this the reason? Is this the reason why a guy like Andy Reid pretty much took away um, Patrick Mahomes' uh, you know his feet? Um, but he because he wants him to become a, 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 a pocket passer. Is that one of the main reasons why? As a as a quarterback as a quarterback or a coach, that you want your quarterback to be more of a pocket passer for the reasons that you just stated. Well, you know what? I don't think coaches try to take away the ability of of the athletic ability of its quarterback. What he's what he's doing is saying, don't try. That's not should be your first thought. Your first okay. thought is to read the coverage, find the open man, and deliver the ball. And then the next thought is, if you can't do that, move around a little bit to buy some time to let your receivers get over. Then that third thought is, if that doesn't happen, let's get some, make some positive yards from that. Not backwards, 
Let's make positive yards. Let's move around to see if you can find somebody open or stand. It's that's not it. Um, Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback, and he can throw the football in a, in a system that allows him to do it. He's in a system that's not allowing him to do it. So right. that now you can't get any receivers to go there. Right. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's the system. Right. Lamar Jackson. No, it's the system that that uh, receivers not going to Baltimore because. I like what Myron said. Arthur Blank wants to win now, and Matt is a win now quarterback. We can draft a quarterback in the later round. We don't have money to throw away on an unproven quarterback at four. That's true. I mean, come on, you know. You know, if, if if I'm Denver, if I'm New England, if I'm Chicago, I'm crossing my fingers, hoping. Oh yeah. <laughs> please, please, you know, don't don't do it, don't do it. But, you know, um, like I, like we, I keep saying, I get it. If you want to make a big splash and, and get a quarterback, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. Right. I will support you with that. But I don't want want to be sitting here three years from now going. You know, we, we Abby, <laughs> now we're trying to get out of first round pick because we can't afford it. <laughs> you, you, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And then we set up, like you said, we set ourselves back. We don't want to go back to having that fourth no. pick. We want to be contending and, you know, yeah. Super Bowl and things like oh, that. Yeah. So like somebody said, it can set us back depending on yeah. who we pick it for. I want 28 or later for the next 10 years. <laughs> Hey man, I, I love it. Playing in the NFC Championship every year, <laughs> close to it. <laughs> and why not be the year we get seventeen games? Yeah, yeah. And we take it all the way. Like, look, yeah. see, things changed up. COVID will be the whole success story. <laughs> and you know what? It, it's funny you asked me that question because I knew somebody was going to come back and say, "Well, you said." That's why I brought it up. And I knew you was going to respond to it. They tried. Whatever you said and it don't work out, hey, look, I'm no expert. I'm not sitting in the war room with the Falcons. I'm not the one that's, I can't give, I'm just giving you my thought. And every week it may change because that's my prerogative. (laughs) Because something may come up. It's just like them. Every week something changes in that war room Mm -hmm. for the Falcons because someone else calls. With another offer and something changes, and, and or they go out to a pro day and something changes. So every time they move out of that office or get a phone call in that office, something changes. So I got the prerogative to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and even I with like you know you <laughs> the narrative of Arthur of Smith and Terry, like yeah. right now they're back and forth about whether they want a quarterback or not. Like you said. With each offer and each call, they probably like, you know what? Hmm, this sounds a little intriguing. I think I now want a quarterback because this is what they're offering, or right. you know, right. that type of deal. Well, so you don't know. But think, but think about this, and this is where this is where uh I don't understand, you know. Because you hired your head coach before you hired your GM. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the head coach, I was the first man in the building. I get the right. first and the last thing. Mm-hmm. That's where you go wrong. <laughs> That's where you go wrong. You got to have a GM, and and those and he has to be in the hiring process to make sure they're on the same page and they got the same philosophies right. going forward. Because if 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 it's oil, it's oil and water. Come on, man, it's not gonna mix. So at some point, 
them two gonna have to go play golf together, go on a beach vacation and go fishing and all that stuff. So they can have a kumbaya by the fire to get to know each other and love on each other and respect each other. So I said, have y'all talked about Dimitrov's comments? No, we had to get into that one. What was his comments? Oh, um, um, I, I, after watching it, I kind of, you know, kind of took took back as far as like my thoughts on it. Um, he was kind of put in a position. You know how the media works; they put you in a position. Um, the the question was presented to him that like you have Trey, you have Fields, you have Trey, and I forget the other quarterback. It may have been Wilson, and he um, suggested like he was like you pick out of those three quarterbacks. It's not like he said, okay, the Falcons, you know, it, what would you do with the pick? Mm-hmm. They pretty much, he, he pretty much um, set him up, they set him set him up for a question where it was like, okay, w- throw out the trade scenario. These are the quarterbacks that you have to pick from. And he said, Justin Fields. And <laughs> I, I mean, I think you've already you know, pretty much stated uh, how you feel about fields for the most part. So, like, I guess based on that, that question, um, those three guys, if you haven't made it clear, mm-hmm. you want to make it clear now out of those three guys, Zach Wilson, Fields, and Lance, and why would you take those guys? I thank you. Uh, we pretty much would have put. Well, I, if, if it was me, I'd take Justin Fields. Justin Fields is the only one besides, uh, and trust me, and I, mm-hmm. this is, I'm going to say this, and people are going to say, oh, you're crazy. Trust mm-hmm. me, Justin Fields is the only quarterback in this draft uh, besides Jones in Alabama has played in big-time games and performed at the highest level. You see what I'm saying? This is a guy yes. that, that is NFL-ready. NFL ready right now. Those two guys from Jones from Alabama and Fields from Ohio State are NFL ready right now. I'm not saying Trevor is not because I believe he is. Right. He's going to do well uh, in that system because he, he's going to have time to uh, mature because of the new coaching staff and Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is going to make sure he puts him in a position to be successful like he did through all his quarterbacks at Ohio State, that he did at Ohio State. So I think, and then he's in a market where, uh, well, we, we're going to know now that we'll probably see more Jaguar football this coming season on TV than we've had before. So, but at the end of the day, he's in a market where, where he has an opportunity to not be scrutinized by the media and by its fans. So uh, he's in a good situation. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Let's see. We got a, uh, what do you think about Jamie Newman? You know what? I I wish he would have played. I wish he would have played. He opted out. And, and I understand for you know the COVID situation whatsoever, and but you know a lot of Georgia fans was disappointed, you know, because he was supposed to be that dude this year, and and it was all it was national championship hype when he came over. But you know, I think that we haven't heard anything about his pro days. We haven't heard anything about him right now. He could be a, he could be a sleeper in this draft. I don't think 
I don't think he'll go before uh, the third round. He may go four, maybe fourth, fifth round, um, and then he's gonna he's gonna go somewhere where he's gonna have to sit a couple years and, and learn. And he may go somewhere and beat somebody out, beat a beat a veteran out. So we don't know that yet. We we haven't seen enough of Jamie Newman to even even give him a grade right now. Right. Okay. I like the way he throws. I like the way he throws. I think he really at, at this point. I think he has an NFL arm. I think he has mm-hmm. pretty much everything that you need in a quarterback right. today. Like the only concern for me is uh, his uh, his accuracy within between with you know between. The hash is like that's the only thing down I'm concerned. The field. Down the middle of the field. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. And another one, we already kind of touched on it, but Kyle Pitts at number four. If we're not going quarterback, I guess the question will be if you don't go quarterback, who would you pick? Oh, look at it. Like he's shaking his head, boy. He already know what it is. <laughs> hey man, this guy, if y'all yeah. haven't been following him. This guy has been lobbying for the Falcons to draft yes, him. Yes, yes. He, you know, I, I'm not going to say lobbying. He's been campaigning. Bro, right. He, was, <laughs> he even he said he's like, the Falcons are interested in me. Pick me at four. Pick me at four. <laughs> hey, man, let me, four tell you four let me tell you something. You pick him at four, Woo. Yeah. and Julio stays healthy. Oh my God, man! You talking about you talking about the Vikings of '98 offense? Even wow, though we, yeah. you know we beat them in the NFC Championship, but that's what kind of offense you're talking about. You talking to, you talking about something that's that haven't been seen in years. If you draft that dude, and now it gives what it does though, it gives your your defense a chance to just go out and play because you know, pretty much every series you're gonna score points. Will have mm-hmm. opportunity for points because who you gonna who you gonna double team? You can't mm-hmm. you can't double team. You, who you gonna guard? Who's gonna guard him? A, a linebacker? No. A safety? No. So you gonna bring your fifth corner, your or your third corner, your fourth corner off the bench who haven't played much to cover this guy? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so hey man, that's what I'm. T- that's why I'm shaking my head. He's like, oh no! I got. I need to go to training camp just to watch. Yeah, Matt Ryan gives Kyle Pitts the best chance to succeed. Yes, he does. I can agree with that. I I agree. I agree because he loved. Look, come on now. He Matt Ryan is has been has been crying since Tony Gonzalez retired. All right, (laughs) you 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 get this guy. This dude may be the MVP again because he gonna play at a different oh. level. Oh my goodness! Hey, they don't want to hear that. Don't say that, oh, T. Goodness! Don't say and that. And you don't know because there are also some hidden talent on this team that haven't had their opportunity right. yet. So we don't even know who's in, you know still on the roster. Right, exactly. That we can um, build up. No, but understand this: I'm I'm a I'm an offensive guy. I'm right. an offensive coordinator by trade. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Julio Jones. Okay. You got Hurst. You got Ridley and Pitts. Woo. Woo. Come on, man. That's unfair. That's unfair. That's, Julio that's is it. a weapon in itself. 
Dude, that's probably a track team that could compete with the Kansas City Chiefs track team right Man. there. Oh my gosh. Uh -oh, Todd Mullis. What's up with the 999 super nine. chat? 999. Appreciate you guys. Is it possible <laughs> that the rumor that um Terry won a quarterback and Arthur Smith feeling that Ryan has two to three years left is a way Smith can have a good relationship with Ryan if a quarterback is taken at four? Hey man, we never know. It, look, it's politics everywhere. He, hey, he could be setting us up for the okie doke and say, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> I didn't draft him. You know, right. I, you know what? We're making a, a lot to do about nothing. Absolutely. At the end of the day. Right. Because, it's just speculation right now. Because even if I've said this, and, and, and a lot of people agree, we draft the quarterback at number four. If he sits for a couple of years, that's wasted money. Okay, but in a couple of years, you're going to have money. If you look at it, it you know, you can have that debate. Well, Julio and Matt Ryan might be going in two or three years. And so we'll, that's, we'll I'm have, glad you brought that up because we, this we'll, we'll that just sealed the deal for them for, you know, especially with Matt. It just kind of yeah. pushing us a little bit, but you never know what's going to happen yeah. next couple of years so, with them. So that's the thing. So, you know, but yeah, it, it 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 turned out well for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I get it. It even turned out well for Brett Favre. He was here in Atlanta, and he they traded him to Green Bay. He sat on the bench. Magowski got um, Magikowski got hurt. He mm -hmm. came in, and that was the end of it. So you you never know. Uh, Drew Bledsoe was in New England. He gets hurt. Tom Brady comes in. The legend is built. So you. You never know. Look, Steve Young was sitting behind Joe Montana. Joe Montana yeah. gets traded. Steve Young comes in. He's a Hall of Famer. So you never know. But at the end of the day, you know, I keep I can't go wrong, man. Look, okay, I see he's got this Denver at nine, Dallas at 10, New England at 15. The only way I trade number four with Denver. You got to give me Von Miller. I already know it. Yeah, I knew he was going to say. You give me Von Miller and that number nine pick. Right. <laughs> and I still get the fourth pick in the second round. We got to deal. Right. <laughs> we got to right. Please, incentive hills. That's what yep. we need. We're not yep. going to just give it up for nothing. Nah, uh -uh. <laughs> mm -hmm. I so love yeah, you. I don't love you that much. I love to be in this position right about now because oh, we man. can do anything we want right now. We look if I'm GM right now, I'm sitting at my desk with my feet up. Yeah. And just look, and wait <laughs> like, what y'all gonna do? Because uh wait for, wait for draft day. Because <laughs> right now, honestly, right now, the Falcons have their top 32 guys on the board. Mm -hmm. They get, you know, and it's by the best available. And then they're going to have a list of quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, O-linemen, so on and so forth, so forth, so forth. Just in case when it's time for them to pick, all those dudes are gone. Are gone, okay? exactly. So mm -hmm. think about it. They got the, what, the 36th pick in the draft? So they they going to still get somebody good, going to get somebody that's going to be a difference right. maker in the second round. So we hanging our hats on this fourth pick, but that second round pick is key. That's key. And Reggie said, we can still get a quarterback in the later rounds. We sure can. You never know. You never know who's going to be sitting there, man. 
there's some see we we concentrating on these four five six guys but there's some other dudes out there i guarantee you somebody's gonna somebody what we have about two weeks to the draft somebody in the next 10 days is gonna pop up and everybody's gonna say whoa where has he been yeah where has he been you know yeah because we didn't have a proper combine we didn't have you know a lot everything has been different this year yeah. some yeah. some of these pro days been virtual yeah. you know mm -hmm. so we don't know we don't know who's out there no one's talking you know because they don't know they don't know mm -hmm. they can't properly evaluate right now but Correct. but they got to go with what who's the top players you know in the draft they got to go with those and at the end of the day they may not be the best players but that's what's is out there of the evaluations that they have. Someone says, and you may have a guy. You may have a guy like out like who's thinking a lot like Mike Dicker did. Like Mike Dicker falls in love with the player and he decided to trade his entire draft for him. Like we, yeah. we never know. Well, Cowboys did the same the thing. Yeah, the Cowboys did the same thing with Herschel Walker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Hey, I, uh. Is that Millie Mills? Mills? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on, man. Sammy. <laughs> Come on, man. You, you just going out. You, you, must, you must be from Texas. <laughs> and then the running back. Yeah, I've been talking about him as well. This is. Come on. If y'all haven't heard me say it before, it's three guys that I like ETN, Harris, and yeah. Patterson from the University of Buffalo. If y'all haven't got a chance, look what he did in, I think it was the nine games he played. I think he scored double-digit touchdowns in nine games, 20-something touchdowns in nine games. Um, mm -hmm. he, he reminds you of the running back at Kansas City. Uh, he's that, he's loaded, bad, pretty, powerful. Uh, yeah, he, he's good, man, he's good. Okay. And and you gotta understand, yeah. you know, with a running back at that size, that's five eight or so, and you have six, mm -hmm. six five, six 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 eight and offensive linemen, you really get lost in the run game, mm -hmm. and you would want somebody mm -hmm. like that. But then you have a guy like Najee Harris and and Etn that can come out the backfield. You can line them up at wide receiver and run routes with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't go wrong with that that second round, that thirty six pick. I hope one of them is sitting there, man. Good gracious. Uh, if that happened, <laughs> dude, I might even, I, I'm not going to even lie. I ain't buying it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, like it. I like it, man. There's a couple of running backs in there that I like. There's it's so many running backs that I like in this draft, yeah. man. And yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to go. Like, you know, can't Eric go Get off the quarterback question. Of course, this is the hottest yeah. question there is. Yeah. But what do you want? Give us some other questions. We yeah. ask y'all to give us some yeah. questions. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. We can talk about the defensive ends that's coming out. We can talk about the two right. guys at Penn State. We can talk about the two guys at the University of Miami. Come on. I ain't mm -hmm. afraid. Come on now. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm bring the questions. Bring the questions. It's open for y'all. And, 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 and uh, right now, um, at the end of the day, one of those kids out of the University of Miami. I don't like using the term, but like Jalen, they dogs, man. <laughs> they they mean, bro. They mean. Uh, let's mm -hmm. let's go get that. I don't, you know, they. 
I don't know if they're going to be sitting there at, in the second round. Right. Um, if they are sitting there at the second round, would, would I go do it? Yeah, I'll go do it because obviously um, we're going to pick offensively uh, mm-hmm. that fourth pick. So let's go defense with the second pick. Let's go get, um, you know, so one of the guys at Penn State, one of the guys at Miami. Uh, there's there's some guys out there. Alabama. I mean, you, come on. There's some dudes out there, man. So we just, you know, we this is a draft that has that is made is is made for the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. A lot of number, number 72 from LSU. Um, let me tell you, a big force in the middle. He can move the middle. Uh, he runs well. He can even play de- some defensive end. I know who you're talking about. I've seen him play. Um, but at the end of the day, they got Davidson that's coming off of that injury that they drafted right. um, mm-hmm. from Auburn. And then you right. got Big Grady sitting there. So you really don't mm-hmm. need another defensive tackle. Um, right. But you do need some swing guys, you know, some guys that can go inside and outside. So this is this is this is a pick that you can look at that can play both and that can help you. So um come on, the Falcons can't go wrong, man. This is a deep draft. It's just, like you said, I think this is perfect for the for the Falcons. And um one guy that I really it's kind of get a, a beat on where exactly that he does he fit. And the guy you were talking about from a couple of guys from the University of Miami, but one guy that stands out to me is like it's a it's a defensive coordinator's wet dream. And I'm talking about Gregory Rousseau. Like this yeah, guy, he's a yeah, long, I know you talking about. I know you're talking about. Oh my god. I that mean dude is long, man. Dude, it's it's dude. hard not to fall in love with him. He can reach through this screen and touch you with his arms. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude. laughs> He, he, I mean, dude, it's it's guys out there, man. And the thing is, is is this, and, and I've talked about it before about getting an edge rusher, because at the end of the day, you know, um, Bob said something on the show last week. He said, uh, he says you want a guy that can disrupt the quarterback. Right. You know, you're gonna right. get your sacks. But he has to be a if the quarterback is going to drop back and throw the ball 40 or 50 times out of those 40 or 50 times, that edge rusher got to disrupt at least 25 of those times. You see what I'm saying? He may not get a sack, but he may cause a sack. You see what I'm saying? And then he's going to have to. We talk about edge rushers getting sacks, but he's going to have to play the run, too. So you got to find a guy that can do all the things we talk about, sack the quarterback, put pressure, and tackle in the run game. So when you look at it, when you look at a defensive end, he's going to have to be able to do that because at the end of the day, uh, if he's a good edge rusher, guess what they're going to do? They're going to run the ball right at him to make him mm-hmm. make plays in the run game. And then Ethan the Elk said, Thomas Graham Jr., your thoughts on him? I don't know much about, and I'm not going to lie, Ethan, I don't know much about uh, Graham Jr. at all. But what what I do, if if I'm, you know, when you say slot cornerback, um, right now, you know, Falcons need, need, some, need a, a number two guy. They need a number two guy that can, that can shut down um, on the other side with Terrell. So, you know, the slot corner, if he's a slot corner, he, 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 he'll get drafted. And he'll probably play well, but I don't know where he'll get drafted at, you know. Right. 
you know, I'm playing at Oregon where, where, where in a conference where they do throw the ball a lot. Um, and he's going to have, and, and he's probably very, very good at slot corner because of the offenses that that's in that pack 12 that plays three or four receivers. So he'll, he'll have a chance. I see a couple of horn from South Carolina. He, you know what? If we if 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 we, if we want to do that, I'm fine with that too. <laughs> this dude mean man. This dude is mean. And if he if he anything like his daddy, he mean. Oh yeah, oh man, oh, yeah. he mean. And he's a baller, and he he is a baller with confidence. Um, and he's he's rated very high. Um, he could be on the Falcon board as the first, you know, one of those best available players. Um, I wouldn't be mad at that because you're gonna if, if you're gonna go defense if you're gonna go defense with that number four go get a corner, and then you can go get uh, whatever you want in that 36 pick in the second round. He's scary. He's one of those DBs that he does. He scares you. If you're a receiver, you're a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Like he he's one of those guys. You don't know if he's gonna hit you. You don't know if he's gonna sit on a route. It's like you saying. don't know anything. He's he's scared. But the thing is, and then when you catch the ball, he's going to run through you. <laughs> he's going to run through <laughs> you. He's scary, man. That dude is scary. Javante Williams, what do you think about him? Is that the running back out of Carolina? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what? The thing is, is um, I don't think he tested well at his mm -hmm. pro day, but that's okay. It's, it's mm -hmm. okay because at the end of the day, I want football players. I don't want guys that can just test well. I want football players that can produce. So I can bypass that because of the fact that what I've seen on the football field. Right. Football. You know, some, some guys may have a bad day running the 40. It may have a bad yeah. day jumping. Whatever. It may be a bad day. It can day. be nerves. It can yeah, be everything because everybody's out there watching you. So you I cannot. You cannot evaluate or judge a young man on his body of work in one workout and that's why wow. right there right. so you tell me a guy who 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 may rush for 1500 yards and have 20 touchdowns whatsoever and he goes out and run a 4840 a pro day he can't play football mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. that's that's that, those measurables kill me man now there's some dudes that are that got the measurables and that that can play but there's some mm -hmm. dudes that Got the measurables and can't play. And then there's some that don't have measurables but can play lights out. And you just gotta you gotta do your due diligence as a scout, as a coach, as a GM to to, to understand that you can't judge a guy by one day of evaluations. You can't. You got it gotta be the body of work. Someone said third round Tyler Shelvin. Hey, when you guys give us these names now, tell us where they play. Y'all giving a lot of names. Y'all going yeah. deep in it. Yeah, y'all going deep. These these must be <laughs> these must be family members. That's cousin. <laughs> That's your cousin. Right? I, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this. Um, I see a good wait. question right here that we can put up. Go ahead, Mike. Before, before we go, go, go there, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I don't see the Falcons picking a nose tackle. I don't. It, not not in the third round. That's too, that's too high for for a nose tackle mm -hmm. for what for what we already have and the money we have tied up in that position. I don't think they'll go that high with a nose tackle. Okay. And um, Jamal 
I like this question. It's a little bit different. Thoughts on how Dean Pease can improve the defense. Have wow. y'all ever have y'all ever seen Dean Pease? Have you ever if, if if you if you pay attention oh, and if you watch film of him in practice whatsoever, this dude, look, he got all the respect <laughs> of his former players because he's detail oriented and he's on you at all times or he's loving you afterwards. It's about business with him. It ain't about look, I hate to say it. I hate to say this. No, I don't hate to say this because it needs to go anyway. It ain't going to be all this brotherhood, kissy, kissy, whatsoever, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's, it's all about the brotherhood. Let me, let me do this. <laughs> okay. Let's get rid of the brotherhood. Let's go a different direction. Let's go a different direction. Let's get rid of rise up. Let's get rid of brotherhood. Oh, it's, 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 it's time it's for the new era. We just need to get right. everything changed. Yeah, I agree. Move on. It's time to move on. Hey, you got to put old things behind us and move into the new. So let's go oh to work. My God. He did not just say not, that. Not, <laughs> and, 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 and like I said, Dan P, Dean Peace is going to really, uh, this defense is going to play a lot better. They're going to be sound and they're going to play with an edge. Because I, I, what I really feel is, is that they're gonna play fast, and they're gonna be smart, and they're gonna be resilient. I, I like this hires Dean Pease's, um, their defense coordinator. Yeah, I mean it's time for a facelift, though. Like, yeah. we should have waited on them jerseys. We should have just new coaches, new everything, just yeah. did everything brand new, brand start new. all the way over. Cause yeah, it's it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely dead. Yeah, um, it, it, it's time for some new mantras. We got to do something different. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just tired of the soft. I'm just like we just this team is just soft, man. I, I just I'm just gonna I'm just saying like that that the coaching staff just created an environment with just a bunch of soft guys, man. Right. And we got a couple of dogs in there. I'm not saying everyone like we got dogs on the team. Like yeah. they definitely got some Grady, Jared, Deion Jones, Julio Jones, like those. Matt Ryan, those guys are some dogs, but when you create a culture, mm -hmm. and the culture is about the scheme, it's about mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. your mentality, how you're gonna mm -hmm. go out each mm -hmm. day. Like you're not mm -hmm. gonna fear. This mm -hmm. is what we're gonna do when when it's fourth and one. We mm -hmm. don't believe in passing the ball and getting in five mm -hmm. wide receivers. We're gonna mm -hmm. get in a bunch formation. We're gonna run this thing down your down yeah. your throat. Right. That's what we need. Well, the mentality. Yeah. Get rid of that that crappy yeah. crappy brotherhood. Listen, man, I love I love everybody to death. I love my teammates. They know I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. They know all that. They know how I how I am, but when it's time to go to practice and when it's game time, it's a whole different. That's right. You go on to work. It's a whole different world. Look, Peter loved Jesus to death when they went to go get him in the wow, garden. Wow, I knew. Up when they put when that when that guard put his hand on Jesus and Peter jumped up and cut his ear off. Mm -hmm. That's right. He's still, yeah. he's still he's still a disciple. 
I'm saying that to the point of there's sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone to make other people uncomfortable. And, mm -hmm. and I think That's over the last few years, we did not do that. And the, at the end of the day, and, and we, I think we talked about this before, if you don't yes. have no real dogs in them meeting rooms, if you don't have that dude that's go out to set the example and, and hold people accountable, you can't be successful. Hey, man, we held each other accountable. I remember in games where if Chris threw me a ball and I dropped it, I run up to him and said, my bad, I owe you one. And then the next one come, I'm trying to break my neck catching that ball for him. And then if he throws a ball to my feet or over my head, he'd come put his arm around, I owe you one. And he'd make darn well the next time we get out there, he's going to get me that ball. Ray Buchanan. He gets beat. He comes to the sideline. I said, hey, man, you can't do that, bro. You messing mm -hmm. with my money. That means if dude, we keep doing that, we ain't getting to the right, playoffs. Right. We all going to get fired. And we, we held each other accountable in practice. And we, you would see each, we would get in each other's face. But it was all love. Today, mm -hmm. these guys can't do that because they'll take it from the field to the locker room to the mm -hmm. parking lot. So to the restaurant. They don't know how to just to, to, to hold people accountable with love and then leave it where it is. And it, mm -hmm. it's, it's just a different it's just a different player today, man. It's just a different player because, you know, when a when a coach yelled at you uh, back in the day, he yelled at you because you did something wrong. And that was it. It was it was no. You felt bad. You was embarrassed whatsoever. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, you do have to let that grown man know that I am a grown man too. <laughs> and, you know, I've done that before to Dan Reeves. He yelled at me and I walked up to him and said, hey man, you don't talk to me like that. I'm a grown man just like you. I said, you gonna, you want me to respect you? You're going to respect me too. But I'm going to play my butt off for you because I respect you and I love you. And then he's going to get back and say, I'm going to call a good game and make sure you're being successful because I respect you and love you. And that's what it comes down to right there. If you don't if you don't love everybody or respect everybody in, in your locker room, and if you don't feel like you would run through a wall for them, um, something's wrong. Something's right. wrong. You only have this much time. Dude, think about it. It's almost like it's almost like when you're born and when you die and you have that little dash in between. That's how much time you have in football, that little bit of time. And so why would you waste your six to eight years on being passive and not being the best that you can be at what you do? I don't get right. it. I don't get Absolutely. it. I don't get it. The accountability. Everybody need to, you know, it should be a competition again, you know, because it's like, shoot, it got to be the next man up because like Julio Jones. We don't know if he's going to be in full capacity when we come back right about well, now. So you, know, and, you, know, you know, and at the end of the day, he's that lead dog and, and nobody's going to get in his face and hold him accountable. And he knows that. But he mm -hmm. got to hold other people accountable. You know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, he's that dude. And what you're going to say to that dude who's a future Hall of Fame? Hey, man, you ain't. Right. Why you not right. playing? You're not playing hard enough? Why you not in on red zone? What are you going to say to him? You know, me? I'm his coach, dude. I might get fired at the first one. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, though. Got to hold each other accountable. But I have everybody utmost respect for Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. I know where he came from, I, and I know what he's doing, and I know where he's going. But at, I'm just not me as just a fan of his. Not satisfied. I want more. 
and I know he has more and I know he can do more and, and I know he knows he can do more and he wants more for himself. So I'm not saying something that he doesn't already know. He God dog, man. Imagine if he played well this year. Imagine if he played 17 games in all four quarters in 17 games. He probably he probably have 2,100 yards and 20 plus touchdowns. I'm glad you said that because I got a question for that. Because mm -hmm. this is something that I, I just I don't understand. And maybe you can help me understand this. I don't know whether or not this is this is something that was planned by the offensive coaches to just like it, it seems like every time like, like it's it's it was every game you see it. Julio he catches a big pass and he goes out. Like is mm -hmm. that something that that, that the coaches kind of, you know, put together as far as like a routine for well, Julio to kind of I don't, preserve I don't him. Think, I don't think that. And and and, and I'm gonna answer your question and Slim Kid 7:30 question at the same time. Julio is not in full capacity. Julio has been okay. hurt for the last three years. Right. Yeah. Not say hurt. He can still play at a level, right. but sometimes it aggravates him enough where he's injured. Yes. So his right. hurt is. Most receivers, ninety percent. <laughs> you right. see what I'm saying? Right. So, so when he when he goes and grab a long ball, it may aggravate the hamstring, it may aggravate the ankle, it may aggravate the toe, or whatever it is going on during that period of hurt. So he has to come off the field and and regroup. And I get that, mm -hmm. and I understand that. And then you got to think about this. When you have a hamstring, an ankle, or a toe, you're not practicing as much, and you're not getting as much All condition right. that you can get. So he's going to have to come out and, and get some uh, air at the same time. So, you know, Julio, I just, you know, the thing is, he's you look at what he's done right now, he's the best in the game. Hands down. Hands down. Injured or not. Injured or not, this man still is top. Hand when he's on a field, defense coordinators, I they shaking in their boots. And if I'm a corner, <laughs> I'm shaking too. Look, I'm if I'm a corner, I'm looking going. <laughs> Bring the help. Right. Come on. <laughs> yep. What else yeah, do you got? I get it. I get it. I get it. Sit trailer. Who said Trey Lance or Fields? Oh, we already kind of went back to quarterback. We Man, we're quarterback. not answering that. Oh, we're not answering the whole quarterback coach. We're not answering that. No, I, I, think, I think right now, <laughs> right now, um, there's not much more to say about that number four pick. Mm -hmm. I think right now, um, here, here's the needs the Falcons are looking for in the draft. They need another offensive lineman or two. Mm -hmm. um, they're probably looking for safety. Um, probably looking for a, a running back. And then, then you know, that was that four picks right there. So now you're looking for the best fits. Um, mm -hmm. and, and usually the best fits from there on out is defensive line, offensive line, and secondary. Uh, and that's and that's the way that this is what that's the way the draft is going to go. They're going to go. They'll probably go offense defense offense defense and then after that i gotta plug in where it's where it's being needed at linebacker a defensive line offensive line and cornerback and safety 
Myron Jackson said, we run the ball as we should, then passing yards from Julio should be less and we can keep him healthy. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But Julio ain't going for that. <laughs> no. You know, he wants the ball every time. No. And, and I get it. I get it, Myron, what you say. And it does make sense because at the end of the day, if if he's being targeted, say, 10 to 12 times and he's catching uh, seven to nine passes a game, that's a healthy Julio. But if he's being targeted 15, 18, 19 times a game and he's catching, you know, maybe 10 to 11 of those, that's more punishment on his body. You see what I'm saying? And I think right. the less targets he has, long as long as they throwing him productive passes where right. he plays. I'm not talking about throwing him deep balls all the time because we know if you throw right. a slant, a hitch, or whatever it is, he's gonna make somebody miss, stiff arm him, and, and make go the distance. So, me as a coordinator, I'm picking and I'm gonna pick and choose when I want to send him deep, or you know, where I want to send him when when I say deep routes. 15 and and mm-hmm. beyond because we know that if we stretch him out a little bit we may aggravate a hamstring whatsoever so i'm a, i'm a, because at the end of the day once he comes off the ball his first three steps that corner is turning and running right now so might right. as well throw intermediate routes you know 10 12 yard routes and let him catch it and turn up stiff arm somebody and get what he can get mm-hmm. yeah. i like some black heart with the five dollars and we talked about pits but i see you are a team pits so i know we don't need another weapon but pits isn't just a weapon <laughs> we can use now he can also be a successor to julio later so another pits fan appreciate your five dollars i agree <laughs> i agree i mean when i first seen him play at florida i was like is this a wide receiver then when they said tight end i said oh my goodness he's a nightmare waiting to happen Someone said just the fourth pick. On the same field at the same time. Pitcher just he and Julio. That's just nasty just to have those guys because Julio it's 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 odd the way Julio is built because Julio's built his game is more like a tight end, mm-hmm. but he's a wide receiver. Right. Like Julio be Julio runs over. I've seen him stiff on linebackers and like right. linebackers try to tackle him and he like linebackers. Like twice his size, bounce right. off of him like it's nothing. So right. I just just to have he and Pitts on the same time, like that's yeah. just oh my yeah. god, that right yeah. there is a that's a Dre, nightmare. Dre said we overthinking the fourth pick. Not <laughs> I'm not even overthinking. I'm just giving you the, the scenarios that could happen. You know, at the right. end of the day, right. end of the day, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say I don't care um, right. because we do. But at the end of the day, whatever they do, even if the, even if in my mind I want this, I want this guy, and they don't pick him, I can't go. Oh, I'm no more Atlanta Falcon fan. I'm gonna go. Okay, let's ride. Let's go with this. Okay, it makes sense. Let's go. I, I'm gonna do that. But you know, this I said this. This fourth pick ain't gonna make or break us. It ain't mm-hmm. right. I see somebody went back to some history right here. Let's go. It said, my biggest memory, this is from Jordan Yates. Mm-hmm. Memory from my first game in Atlanta was Mr. Mathis snatching one in the corner of the end zone I was sitting in. Oh, you attended that game. Always wow. one of my top five Falcons. He and Sean Jefferson were nasty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whoa, oh, Sean Jefferson. He brought up Sean. Oh, man. Way back. Sean was a really, <laughs> Sean was a really good yes. teammate. He was, he was one of those guys who 
to stretch the defense for me so I can catch some of those stuff under underneath and make plays. Um, Andre Ryzen was that dude what I played with. I learned a lot from him, um, especially his style. His style addressed, the way he practiced, the things that he did. Um, I even did the little Andre duck walk when I scored the first time in Atlanta. Uh, I, yeah, I, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Then, then you know, Bert Emanuel was a rookie that year. He played well. Uh, then you had uh, you had Eric Metcalf come in. This guy was so good. I love Metcalf. True story. True story. Eric Metcalf used to wear gym shoes in practice and never slipped on the field. Never failed. Gym shoes. Gym shoes. (laughs) On grass and never fail in practice. And we go, (laughs) funny story. I go, man, how you do that? Why never (laughs) slip on? He said, because my feet never touched the ground. Oh. <laughs> I said, that's smooth right there. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. And, hey. and then, then Tony Martin came in, which was, uh, I mean, the relationship we had was was second to none, man. I played with a lot of guys, great guys, Ricky Sanders and, and others, and Sean Jefferson and Chris Callaway. But Tony and I became roommates in training camp, and I got I got to know him. I got to know the man and know his history whatsoever. And we became really close to a point that we were like brothers. It was like we knew. It was funny because he had come in. You know, Tony was celebrity, Hollywood, this and that, Ferraris, all that stuff. And this was the time <laughs> he was dating um, Lisa Ray. And, um, Whoa. and uh, he came in. He came in on Sunday morning. I'm getting my stuff together. And his lock was next to mine. And he scooted his chair over. He says, hey, man, you're going to have to hold us down until I until I wake up. I was up all night. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. So we get out there and we're playing. We're playing. And I'm, I'm going to work. He running over there. And he looking down at the DBs and was like, he's going to kill you all day. He's going to kill you all day. And then when he done, I'm gonna kill you. I was like, oh, <laughs> this dude, this dude was cold, man. He did some things, man. That if y'all didn't, he was. A, oh, he I was remember. Tony Martin with Nino Brown of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> he had, and I'm not saying like drug dealer, but he I, had I know what you mean. I know what you he mean. When he said. It was funny. We was playing in the NFC Championship game, and uh, one of the DBs, uh, ball was thrown, and DB was running with him, and it was thrown over his head. And so the DB was talking trash to him all the way back to the huddle, all the way back into the huddle. And, and I'm walking, too, all the way back to the huddle. Tony said, hey, man, you know where I'm from. You better shut up, this dude. <laughs> And I said, that is, that's not, I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, I keep telling you, you got to have them dogs on your team, man. You know, you don't know wow. who that dog is. I knew that about him. The I fans don't that. know, but us players, we know who they are. Right. We, we know who we're going to ride with. And Blackheart with another $5 super chat. Appreciate you, sir. I mean, even if we don't Thank have you, a confident run game, how many people do you have to dedicate in the backfield to Pitts, Ridley, and Jones? 
we mean it we don't have confidence oh we got we're gonna have confidence in the running game because we got we have mike davis that we acquired from you know free agency from carolina mm-hmm. he's coming home the last the cab county dude that came home to play was him right we haven't had that <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, a lot of people don't know where you coach. Tell the people where you coach. I went to Reed Ann High School in Stone Mountain, baby. Come on. Come on. I'm homebred. I'm homebred now. I'm homebred. I started out at Southwest Cab, and then we moved, we moved to the different region, and I finished at Reed Ann High School. So I'm from right here. See? That's what I'm saying. We're going to be tailgating together one of these days, Terrence. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. The COVID stuff go. We're going to be at the tailgating together. Watch that. Uh, yeah, I, won't, <laughs> look, I ain't going in the game, but I come tailgate with you. Hey, <laughs> me, you know what? I, I don't even know if I want to go in the game. I just, I, the tailgating, the, the culture you know, it, for that was awesome then. It's it's hard for me to to watch a game in person Yeah, because I'm, I'm not watching it as a fan. I'm watching it as a coach. Right. So I'm looking at totally something totally different than what every maybe most people are looking at. Um, mm-hmm. I'm watching the game, and and I remember I was watch I was at one game. It was the, was the Rams game um, a couple of years ago, at, and and Gurley was with the, with the Rams at the time. And I said, <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm going, Oh my God, we bought he they bought the uh, and 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 the person I was what 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 do you mean? How did you know? I said they bought the gashes. They gave the ball to Gurley. I said they were out. They were not lined up properly. You can see those things. So you know that's and that and, and that's not enjoyable. I want to go to a game and be a fan. So that's yes. why I watch that. I watch it in the biggest suite ever, and that's my house. Where I- <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel. I like to hear. The, I like to hear the commentary. All of that. I like to yeah. hear I, I all of that. It. I, I, mm-hmm. I got to get up and, and walk out the room and change channels if I don't like it. I, if I'm at the game, <laughs> I, I can't change the game. I can't turn to a different field if I'm at the game. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, because, oh, man, them fans, man. Because, you know, our post-game shows be probably the most, because they probably tune the, the TV off mm-hmm. looking for uh, us. We do post-game show. That'd be our mm-hmm. highest-rated show right there because – Okay. Everybody be frustrated at the end of the day. Okay. So, you know, you want to be at home for that type of thing, yeah. not in, in the stadium sometimes. Yeah. But you know, at, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 okay to be frustrated with, with your team because at the end of the day, it's about it's about pride, it's about bragging rights, it's about uh, being able to poke your chest out when you go places. You know, when you when you go to New Orleans, you want to be able to say, We got you twice. When you go to Charlotte, you want to be able to say, we got you twice. When you go to Tampa on vacation, you want your Falcons hat on and your stuff and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And you want to be able to say, oh, yeah, we can big bad, bad Tom Brady. You want to be able to do those things. But when when, when you're not doing those things and wherever you go, you go, oh, oh, y'all that team that gave up that. Right. And, 28 and, three. 28 yeah. three. How many times yeah. did I hear that? It, it, yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all lost to the Patriots and y'all were up. And this and, and so you, you want to get that taste out your mouth. And fans, that's what they want right now. And I and I understand the right. the, the infatuation with this fourth pick because we're trying to get that taste out of our mouth. We want to be able to say, aha, 
we got a dude that's about to turn it around. And I get that. And I understand. Right. And that's, you know, and that's the tough decisions this Falcons organization is going to have to make. Jordan Yates want to take it back again. I love to hear him tell a story about Tim Dwight Speed surprising somebody. I know you have, he has a few. <laughs> you have a couple of stories you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> Tim Dwight. Oh my God. That dude. Tim Dwight. You know we what, call, bro. We, we call him White Lightning. And this, hey, dude, this dude, when he came to camp, you know, it, we, I've seen him at Iowa. I've seen the game and play. I knew he can return punts and kickoffs whatsoever. Um, but man, we go into special teams practice and we do kickoff returns and he'd catch that thing. He used to back up and wait and then catch it on a run going forward. So he's already yeah. going. So by the time, he, by the time he hit the hole, man, if you weren't broke down, he was out of there. And what no once he gets past <laughs> you, you weren't, you weren't going to catch him. You weren't, you were not going to catch him. And we used to we we used to stand up on kickoff returns because we didn't know when he we knew offensively right. <laughs> we were gonna have good field position. Only way we weren't gonna get good field position if he caught it and downed it in the end zone. But we knew we were gonna start at the 35 or what whatever. We knew it because mm -hmm. he he was that good. Well, it looks like we're running out of questions for the most part. And then, look, we're going on an hour and 30. I don't know how much longer you got with us today. Definitely want to um, check in with you. I got how much longer you got? I got a few, a few more minutes. minutes. I okay. Give you, I, I give you three more minutes. All right. Okay. See? Let's see. What you got, Mike? Um, Kind of expand on that. Like, were you – did you say you were uh, kind of returned punts at one point? Or you like, which – which returners? Like we had guys like Alan Brosson, we had Tim Dwight, you know, Devin Hester, Deion Sanders. Like which ones? If you've seen these guys, like which ones did you would say that like were the best? Oh my God! Of course, Deion was the best at doing it. Um, I like Devin Hester, Brian Mitchell mm -hmm. played for the Redskins. Brian Mitchell, Brian. Mm -hmm. Shoot. Um, I can't think of his name. Play, play with the Eagles. Uh, receiver. Um, they just let him go. They just let him go. I can't think of his name. Uh, I, used to, I used to. He used to make mistakes too, and just pick it up and go. I have. I can't think of his name. Um, but anyway, you know, you always. You know, I came out of school as a returner, so I was mm -hmm. always intrigued with return and return game whatsoever. Um, mm -hmm. Only had one in my career uh, for a touchdown that was punt return in uh, ninety-eight yard punt return. Deshaun Jackson, there you go, Fred. Hey, hey, Deshaun, there you go. Oh, I forget there that. You was on it. You was on it, baby. There you yeah, go. that dude was fast. Yeah. Crap. So you know, I used to love the. You know, I used to love watching the return game because that opens up. That changes the game, man. Mm -hmm. Think about the momentum. Think about mm -hmm. the momentum. You you just scored. And you up and you high fiving on the sideline and you kick off and you going, oh my God, it's no, <laughs> no he's not. He had to be. He had to be. Yeah. That's 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 the way it was. So, you know, uh man, this this game uh of football has been 
wonderful for me. Uh, it's given me a platform to do some of the things that I'm doing now. It gives, it gave uh, an asthmatic kid from a single parent home an opportunity to go on and take care of his family, um, to put two sisters through school, uh, pay for the, the pay for weddings. Uh, got two kids in school now. Uh, you know, it's been good to me. And the thing is, is that uh, I would never, I have nothing ever to say bad about the, you know, about my time in the NFL because it was a privilege and it was an honor. And I remember the times me sitting on the sideline on a knee on game day and watching the game and couldn't believe that I was on the same field with these future Hall of Famers. Right. You know, starting with LT, Lawrence Taylor, to Joe Montana, to Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lott, so on and so on, Tim Brown, uh, Barry Sanders. Oh my God, Barry Sanders, man. Something in, in person is incredible. I understand this. I was on the same field with 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 Walter Payton and uh, all those guys, man. God, come on, man. That's a dream come true, you know. Right. Got a chance to meet, you know, some of your some of your uh, childhood uh, favorites like John Starworth, Lynn Swan, Franco mm -hmm. Harris, Terry Bradshaw, and um, Drew Pearson, and Tony Dorsett, and all those. So, you know, I've been really blessed to play a kids game and still be a fan of it at the same time and i'm just i just think about it bro it, it's and i'm gonna say something y'all gonna be like oh no before i remember uh, in 1992 i think it was uh oj simpson walked through the locker room with oh, new york, you know, new york jets i i and love oj oj is saying and i was like oh my god and that was my first poster as a kid was O.J. Simpson because I wanted to be O.J. Simpson. And then I love O.J. later OJ, on, man. I got an opportunity to meet another childhood hero with Doug Williams. And Ooh. Doug Williams and I are good friends today. And it's, dude, it's, you look, and then you look back and you go, oh my God. I used to wear a white t-shirt and put number 12 on it and Williams on the back. <laughs> And now this is what right. I'm you, you see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it builds relationships. That's one yeah. thing. Even yeah. after football, it just it yeah. builds yeah. long life relationships it, with a lot it of these builds, players. It builds relationships, and then it, it's funny because when we get together at celebrity golf tournaments or events whatsoever, it's the greatest time, man. It's the greatest time because the stories we tell and and it just the the, the family that that we have what mm -hmm. bond that we have and you know you know you play against a guy that that bit, try to take your head off for 13 years and then you you hugging each other why you hugging each other together right? forever so God, oh, yeah uh i remember that i remember that i'm gonna set you up with that this this is a cool story, a cool story. we're playing the 49ers and and uh kept coming off the field and i'm going god no I said, i'm gonna get the ball sooner or later so i get to a point and i'm sitting on the bench and i'm mad and and my teammates didn't find out why i'm mad i haven't had a play card for me i haven't had a ball thrown for me the whole game so i'm sitting there and i'm like 
The Art Shell came up to me. The oh. Hall of Famer Art Shell came up to me and says, hey, man, you need to go tell the head coach to get you the ball. You deserve that. You earn that right. I said, coach, I'm fine. I'm good. So I jumped off the bench and stood on the sideline, and I'm watching. So Kanias Bennett comes over to me and says, hey, man, and he put his arm around me. He said, you want to catch the ball to win the game. I said, hmm, man, it's the fourth quarter. I ain't had a ball thrown to me the whole game. I said, man, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, right. So we get into the fourth quarter with about two two minutes and some change left in the game, and we get, we get the ball. They punt to us, and we need to run the clock out to win the football game. At the time, I think we was up by four points or something like that. So it was third and 10, and, and we call a timeout. I'm going to go through this whole game. I ain't never been through a game and never had play calls to me before. So Chris Chandler comes to the huddle and said, it's coming to you. I'm like, yeah, like, no, the play is coming to you. I'm throwing you the ball, whatever it is. So he called the play. And uh, and I, re I remember it was like 84 speed out or something like that. And so I line up. I go to the left. I jog out the huddle and I line up. And I was like, okay, he's off. I said, oh, this is my favorite route. He gonna <laughs> So then as I turned, he came up in my face and he was in the I said, oh my God. So I'm looking at Chris, Chris looking at me. So Chris is staring at me. And I'm going, stop. I'm looking like, stop staring at me. Stop staring at me. So <laughs> instead of running a 10 yard out, when it becomes bump, you run a, a fade route. Right. So I said, okay. So I made a move and I got around him. I looked yeah, up, the yeah. ball was in the air and I slowed down a little bit. He tripped over my foot and fell. And I caught it. It went 79 yards untouched. That was the only <laughs> catch in the game. The only catch in the game. And I got it in there. Did the yeah. word bird. <laughs> and came to it was you would have thought it was the last play of the game. And I just wanted when I came to the sideline, my teammates mobbed me. And and I understood right then and there the respect that they had for me. And they were so happy for me that I caught a pass in the game and it was a big play. And then Kanias was like, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you. I said, Yeah, you told was it, me. Was it uh, 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 I think it was that 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 sounds familiar. I think they uh, like a cut. Yeah, like it was like a cut. They, 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 uh, it was auto. Like, I, I remember audio yeah, or something that like that. He was on the sideline saying that. Yeah, they played that a lot. Oh man, God! And shout out Mark Godby for the four ninety nine super chat and for Terrence. And I think we're gonna probably wrap it up right here after this one. But um, please, your thoughts from your professional transition from the Jets to the ATL. Did the Jets give up on you? You That's know what? This is another one. So my four years in the Jets prepared me the, my fifth year in the league with the Falcons. I took every day like it was I was going to play on Sunday. I practiced like I was a starter. And then my, my fourth year, I got kind of militant. I was so mad that I wasn't playing as much as I wanted to play. I used to go to practice with black uh, arm bands on, black <laughs> on. Had a black towel on, and I used to go to, and I used to, this is no joke. I used to ride to practice every day, listen to Public Enemy. Public Enemy. <laughs> Public Enemy and Ice Cube. 
every oh, day. Oh, you mean in business? I get, I get to practice and I'm balling and balling. I remember this year, James Hasty and I, he was playing corner. We're going one on one. Dude, every time he held me, I held him and we was on the ground just tussling, tussling. <laughs> I, was, I said, I ain't taking no more mess. So I became a free agent and I wanted to sign back with the Falcons. Now they had fired Bruce Coslett and named Pete Carroll the head coach. So mm -hmm. Pete Carroll decided, well, we can, we can do without. We're not going to sign him back. We're going to sign Art Monk from the Redskins. And so, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, the, my transition from the Jets to Atlanta was easy because I was ready to play. I, I had been mentored by Ronnie Lott that whole year to become a professional. So, cause he played with us at the Jets that year and I became a professional and knew my business and I took care of business. So when it was time for me to play, I was ready because I prepared myself. And then it was funny cause then Pete got, you know, he went to New England and he left there and became the defense coordinator in San Francisco. And this is the first time we go to San Francisco and this is the first time I've seen Pete since New York days. So I'll go up to Pete before the game and he hugs me. He's T Man, how you doing? You having a great career here in Atlanta, blah, 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 blah. No, I said, uh, you know I'm gonna kick your ass today, right? <laughs> he said, he looked at me. I said, I owe it to you because you didn't sign me back. And I started laughing. <laughs> oh. and I, and I told him, every time I play against you, I'm gonna get you. And guess what? Every time I played against a Pete Carroll team, I got him. And I remind him, I remind him every time I said, this is what you missed out on, bro. <laughs> so, you know, my time in the NFL, man, was wonderful. Uh, I met some great people, great coaches, still got some great friends. I'm still a fan of the game, um, you know, whatsoever. So, and I'm still, you know, believe it or not, you know, even, even, you know, my personal feelings about the Falcons has nothing to do with its players or its fans. You know, I love the players. I love the fans. It's just that, you know, other entities and I don't see eye to eye. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And on that note, we want to let everybody know where to find you as well. Um, if y'all see the banner going across Atlanta Sports Unlimited and whatever else you want to um, plug as well, Mr. Mathis, even though we're probably going to have you back again, but well, you, I'm dropping the link in the comment to people that wants to go ahead and give well, them a subscribe. You, you know what? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a quiet person. Um, this is, you know, <laughs> you know, when we're talking sports and we're talking something that I'm passionate about, I'm more outgoing. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can find me, like you said, Atlanta Sports Unlimited. Go ahead and, just, you know, find me there. I'm on Twitter. Um, you find me there. I got two handles. You can find me. Trust me, you'll find me. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, be very kind. Or yes. You, you would get Don't the come in there. You're gonna get you're gonna get you, the math is, so you 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 would you Don't do, mess. Not, you do not want me on this kind of forum blasting you. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm you know what I, can, <laughs> I love I can, it. I love it. I can I can take whatever because at the end of the day your opinion is your opinion. What you think is what you think. What I think of myself is my is my issue. You know, if, if if you say something derogatory towards me, is how I take it determines 
my reaction or not or how I feel about myself. And, you know, I always one of my favorite sayings is what a, what a man thinketh in his heart is what he is. And the thing is, is that I know who I am. I know where I, who I am right here. So what you say about me, what you think about me is your opinion. But what I know of me, that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah, that's all that matters. Be true to yourself. Exactly. Definitely. That's what we love about you. That's why we want you back over and over again, because you speak it. You speak it like it is, and that's what we sometimes we don't like that, you know. Hey, and, and, stuff. <laughs> what, what do I have? I mean, I'm I have nothing to gain from this, I have nothing to lose from this. This is just us right. talking. We having mm -hmm. a conversation. And the thing is, is that um I've always said this: if I ever have a platform to speak about what I have passionate about, what I'm passionate about, I don't want you to leave me or turn me off and then turn on ESPN and hear the same thing. I want you to get the perspective of a former guy who's been in a locker room, who's been on the practice field, who's been in the game room, who's Experience. been in the dressing room, who's mm -hmm. been, you know, who who's been in restaurants, who's been in clubs, who, who you know, been in front of fans, who don't know things. I want you to hear it from that perspective. Right. And I want you to hear it from a real perspective because at the same time, I'm not um I make mistakes. I I, I can't predict the future. But right. I'm telling you what I think and what I feel, and mm -hmm. and then sometimes I tell you what I want, I wish to happen, and if it doesn't happen that way, so be it. You know how many times I've had disappointments in my life? Oh Lord, we don't have much time left for me to go over all that. No, no, we have a couple <laughs> more questions for you, but we might have to save this for another day, people. We appreciate you, Jamel Grant, for the five. I'm gonna shout you out anyway, but yeah. uh, you know, but Terrence has to get going. We definitely enjoyed his time here. Make sure y'all subscribe. I see a couple of people that said subscribe, follow him, but be nice as be well. Nice. <laughs> be nice, people. We, 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 we can agree to disagree. And um, if you want to know something, ask me a question. I'm going to give you a straight answer. I'm going to give you what I think. And, mm -hmm. and that's all you want, right? You just want my honest opinion. And I'm going to show up to his show. Opinion. How about that? Check him out when he go live. Y'all can ask him all day long, but that's yeah, his platform. Yeah, yeah. There that's you right. go. <laughs> all right. Have a good right. evening. Thank you, you too. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, we're going to let's let's get you on my show after the draft because we talk okay. about cool. a lot of stuff. So we'll bring you on after the draft and, and we'll ham it up on there. Because you know? right now it's all <laughs> speculation, but I, I yeah. think I agree. Now we'll know who we picked and everything, mm -hmm. so we can kind of have a you know a bit yeah. more meaningful conversation. Because right now it's just like, okay, what is what's going to happen? So yeah. yeah, let's set it up. Let's set it up. Appreciate let's you, Terrence. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good one. You too. All right. All right. Great, great well, people. Great. Well, Miss Maggie, another great show, um, man. It's always good to have Terrence, Mr. Mathis on, man. Um, I, I'll just say this over and over again. This is what we are about here at Atlanta Falcons Nation. We hear, like, we, we want to give you guys the real, all right, you already know the facts, stacks, and the truth. That's what we're all about here. So, uh, Ms. Maggie, um, like, continue to support us at, at not only Mad Mike Sports, but Atlanta Falcons Nation. Um, we thank you for helping us get to 1,000. Um, at this point, man, we're just trying to get to 2,000, then 3,000, then four. All right, keep continuing to grow. So, um, with that, Ms. Maggie, what you got? I mean, look, that's it. And he don't, 
that was the show right there. That's I mean, to have that legend on to hear some some um, past stuff as well. It's just always a great time with Terrence because you know that's taking me back to my my memories. You know, right, I might right. look young, but shoot, I've been hey. watching. <laughs> shoot, I ain't gonna tell you my age, but yeah. <laughs> but you know that that to me, it's like I'm a kid in the candy store. Whenever we can have you know former players on, I let them talk because. Like, that's from experience. That's you know, this is what they, you know, college and everything. This is what they eat, breathe, even after the M. You know, they retire. You know, right. like he said, they get together and you know, click up and families get together. So it's just always like a, just a big thing, and I love to have them on. So we definitely gonna definitely try to go on Taryn Mathis show as well because you know we got oh, the invite. He's talking about tailgating as well. So look, AFE is getting ready to make some things happen. Trust and believe, people. Hey, we appreciate it. That being said, you ain't got to go home. But you got to get the hell out of here. And I had a long day anyway. My son had surgery. And of course, I came up here and still did my thing, but he's fine. That's, he's fine. She loves you. She loves you. All right. She loves you all. We love you all. So, man, like, like, like I said, man, we appreciate it. Um, you guys have a, a good rest of the night. And again, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell about it. All right. You no, know, and go ahead and give AFN and subscribe, people. We need to be at two K. Two K. Before the draft. Hey, we try to get. And give Miss right. Maggie T a, a plug too. You know, Miss Maggie T over there with the Hawks news. Just go ahead and MS oh, Maggie T for the Hawks news and Lust Exchange on Wednesdays nights. Look, I got many hats, people. So check mm -hmm. me out on any channel. Lust Exchange, Miss Maggie T for the Hawks news. And thank you, ATM. Yeah, he's fine though. He's down there acting like his regular self right about now. He just had to have some surgery. <laughs> but here I am because I love y'all so much. I'm here, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, mama got to be mama and then work got to be work. So appreciate y'all yeah. tuning in. Probably not going to hold up too much of your time. Um, Say a prayer for um K Styles as well. He has kind of been uh, under weather a little bit, but he'll be back people sooner or later, you know, for kicking it with K Styles. But until that, just check us out. If anything breaking comes out, we'll be back again. But we out of oh, here, people. Peace. Peace. And the ATM, I got your message. I'm um answer you back in a little bit, okay? All right. Peace. <laughs>